Hey DCL fans, it's Wes. If you're thinking about taking a Disney cruise vacation, consider booking your trip with us. We are independent travel agents affiliated with Mickey World Travel, a platinum Disney earmarked agency. Not only can we answer all your questions and help you with all the planning details, but we'll give you some onboard credit up to $1,000 to spend on your trip. That's free money to spend on whatever you want just for booking with us. Spa treatments, port adventures, merchandise, adult dining experiences. You're going to pay the same whether you book directly with Disney or with a travel agent, so you might as well get some extra spending money to take with you. If you're interested, send us an email at wes at mickeyworldtravel.com. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 70 of the DCL Dude Podcast. My name is Wes, and uh, and before we get started uh, today, I, I just wanted to piggyback uh, for a quick second off the introduction that plays at the beginning of my shows. I just want to start off tonight by saying a sincere thank you to everyone who has trusted my wife and I to help you with your travel planning. It's something that we absolutely love to do, and we we just can't thank you enough for letting us continue to pursue something that we are just so passionate about. Family family vacations mean the world to us, so our, our goal has always been to help uh, families plan their trips with the same care and approach that we would spend on our own vacations. Um, and and really, it's it's helping others plan their vacations that that allows us to take vacations of our own. So uh, just thank you very much for that. As you probably can imagine, it's been a, a very difficult couple months to be a travel agent, uh, and we've uh, we've appreciated very much all your patience and your support. Uh, we've we've spent many hours canceling and rescheduling vacations, and I'm I'm just so sad for all the families who have been affected. Most have spent months, some even years, planning their magical vacations, only to have to throw all of it away and, and start all over again. Um, so with that being said, if you've rescheduled your trip with us, we can't wait to start the planning process again. Um, to those who have canceled, we understand and we hope you'll come back to us whenever you're ready to uh, start thinking about traveling again. And if you haven't worked with us before, we would love to help you plan your next magical, magical vacation uh, whenever that might be. So once again, thank you. It's, it's an enormous privilege for us to, to be able to do what we do. All right, moving on from that, I, I hope you all enjoyed the, the long holiday weekend last week. Uh, it's been a little while since I, I last talked to you. For us, the, the weather has finally turned and we've been uh, spending a lot of time outside by the pool, so our, our spirits have definitely been lifted uh, a little bit over the past couple weeks. It can, uh, <laughs> it can be a little bit hard to stay positive with everything that's going on right now, but uh, some sunshine and, and fresh air can can really go a long way. I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot to catch you all up on. Um, of course, you you probably all saw the big announcement from Disney last week related to the reopening of Walt Disney World and and the safety measures that they'll be taking. I've been asked a couple times what I, I think this will mean for the cruise line, but I, I think it's too I think it's too hard to draw any conclusions or assumptions from um, from what they're doing at Walt Disney World. The the experiences and the environment are just too different to be able to have sort of a a uniform set of guidelines. 
I'm hoping that that we'll start to, to get some information soon, uh, but I'm guessing that uh, we'll we'll probably need to see plans for Disneyland uh, before we see anything related to Disney Cruise Line. Um, you know, during Disney's Q1 earnings call, Bob Chapek said that he believed the cruise line would be the last of Disney's travel businesses to resume, um, which means they're probably not thinking about it quite yet. Um, and even more recently, he was asked a question and responded that Disney World would resume cruising when it was responsible to do so. So, um, you know, there are also the, the federal government regulations to consider. And all in all, if you if you read the tea leaves, uh, it doesn't sound as if the cruise business will be t- returning anytime soon. But I, uh, I sure hope I'm wrong because I, I definitely miss it. I miss... Uh, hearing other people's experiences, I miss seeing pictures and just uh, just talking about it in casual conversation. So, I'm also anxiously waiting to see whether Disney Cruise Line will release its fall 2021 itineraries. Um, so, if you if you follow along or pay attention, in the past few years, these itineraries have been released right around this time period, um, kind of that late May, early June timeframe. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing this is probably not their top priority right now, especially given the news we just received today, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but since this is usually the time of year that we start to see those itineraries, it's just, uh, it's just something that had me thinking. So, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye out for those. Um, in another big development from last week, the Canadian minister of transport announced that cruise ships will be prohibited from operating in Canadian waters until October 31st. Um, and as a result, on Tuesday, Disney Cruise Line uh, officially suspended all sailings to Alaska in 2020. So uh, they really had no choice, I guess. They, you know, there's nothing they could do. The Disney Magic is is also scheduled to visit some Canadian ports of call later this fall, I think in October. Um, so it's likely that won't be happening either, but Disney has not yet officially made the call on that one. So, uh, it still remains to be seen what's going to happen with the, the Disney magic and those, uh, Canadian coastline cruises. So, uh, with Alaska on the mind, I thought it might be fun to take a little stroll down memory lane. And for this episode, I'm going to do a retrospective trip recap of our seven night Alaskan cruise on board the Disney wonder. I can't say this is an original idea. Um, Scott, who runs the Disney Cruise Line blog, recently posted a written recap of his first ever Disney cruise, uh, which was, you know was inspired by some old pictures that he had stumbled across. So I thought it'd be fun to, to look back on our Alaska trip, but I'm hoping that it might be informational as well. I, I actually I get asked quite a bit about ports of call and port adventures, and and uh, in last episode's Q&A session, we touched a lot on the Eastern Caribbean cruise itinerary. I've always found it helpful in my own vacation planning to rely on uh, other people's experiences, you know, good or bad. And to me, it's it's much easier to decide to do something if you, um, if you know someone else has experienced it uh, and has said good things about it. So uh, I figured, you know, that's what we would do for this episode. And uh, we're gonna take a little take a little trip to Alaska. So hope that sounds good. Um, if it doesn't, well, we're, uh, we're going anyway. So, um, here we go. So this particular cruise, uh, was in, see, I didn't even, 
I didn't even write down. I'm pretty sure it was August 20, 2012. Um, and unlike the current and recent Alaskan itineraries, it began in Seattle. Uh, it was just my wife and I uh, at the time. So it was before we had kids and we were traveling with my mom and dad. Uh, they, they had actually scheduled an Alaskan cruise for the previous August, but uh, my wife and I decided to get married, so they uh, they had to postpone their cruise uh, another year. And it worked out well for us because we actually got a chance to celebrate our one-year anniversary on a Disney cruise to Alaska, so uh, that was pretty exciting for us. I had always loved the thought of visiting Alaska one day, and I was so excited to be able to do it on a Disney cruise. Um my wife was kind of indifferent to the thought of going to Alaska, but since I really wanted to do it, she, you know, she was um, she was pretty well on board. Um, and to be honest, I'm not sure I've ever looked forward to a cruise as much as I did this one, um, and I don't think I have since. I this Alaska cruise, I was. Uh, uh, really excited about. So we arrived in Seattle the day of the cruise. It's something I don't recommend doing regardless of where you're sailing from. Um, but we arrived without any issue and had uh, prearranged the Disney Cruise Line transportation to bring us to the ship. The uh, The cruise port in Seattle is very picturesque. It's set against the Puget Sound and there's some mountain ranges in the backdrop. It's it's really pretty. And uh, from the ship, the, the view of Seattle was pretty uh, beautiful as well. And uh, my wife and I really enjoyed the city of Seattle. It's a, it's a cool city. We got to spend a few, uh, a few hours in the city because we had a late flight after our cruise. Um, but I think I'll, I'll touch a, a little bit more um, on that at the end, if there's time. We boarded the ship and <laughs> we did what we always do. We headed straight to what was at the time the beach uh, blanket buffet. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, what is now cabanas on the Disney wonder, uh, and all the ships in the fleet, uh, used to be called the beach blanket buffet. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but they, a few years back when they did a, a dry dock, they made all the, all the, all the buffets to be cabanas. So it's a uh, uniform across the ship. But the weather that day was beautiful and the sun was hot, <laughs> but this, <laughs> that would end up being the, the only time that we felt this way for the rest of our cruise. Um, it was, it was freezing the entire time. Uh, I ended up taking a bunch of pictures from the, the deck that day before we sailed away just because it was, uh, it was so pretty. After lunch, we headed off to the mustard drill uh, and then to the upper deck for the sailaway party. It's <laughs> just looking back at it and remembering it's so much easier to watch the the sailaway party when you're not having to keep an eye on your kids or holding one of them on your shoulders or trying to, to figure out a, a way to help them see better. <laughs> it's just a lot less chaotic. Um, so we did what we always do. We stayed for the character part of the deck party and then made our way to the front of the ship uh, to watch as we uh, sailed away from the port and out into Puget Sound. We, we stayed out there until it was time to head back to the room to get ready for dinner. Um, we had an inside stateroom for this cruise, but it was okay because my, my parents had a veranda stateroom, so we spent a lot of time hanging out on their veranda at various times throughout this cruise. Whether, I, whether they were happy about that, I don't know, but uh, they didn't really have a choice because we would just show up and say we're using the veranda. Um, <laughs> just because you it was so cold we we needed a place to you know be inside and also be able to see out uh and see the uh the scenery uh, but i'll get into that in a little bit dinner on that first night was in lumiere's uh and the welcome aboard show was called let the magic begin i don't really remember a whole lot about the show um but before we had kids we we used to attend all of the nightly performances 
um, the stage shows that is. So I'm pretty sure we probably went to it, but I, uh, I can't remember specifically. That next day was our first and only day at sea during this cruise. Um, well, I guess technically there were two, but one we were visiting um, uh, the Tracy Arm, or we were going down the Tracy Arm Fjord and uh, visiting a glacier. But it was tech- we didn't, you know, we didn't pull up in a port, so I guess it was technically a day at sea. But this is the only official day at sea. Um, we spent a lot of time doing different activities around the ship. One thing we did not do was spend a lot of time on the pool deck. It was freezing outside. Um, and that was a trend that ended up being persistent throughout the cruise. But we, we did spend some time meeting characters, played some trivia and attended one of the character animation classes. That's something that I've always enjoyed doing. My wife, not so much. Um, this class happened to be the Mickey Mouse animation class, which made it uh, that much more uh, interesting for me. Uh, if you've never done one of these before, I would recommend trying it. I, I still see them offered on cruises, and they don't they don't take a whole lot they don't take up a, a whole lot of time. Ours took place in Animator's Palette, um, which was pretty appropriate given that we were you know drawing drawing cartoon characters um and they teach you how to draw a character uh and then you can take it with you as a keepsake and mine was definitely better than my wife's and maybe that's why she doesn't like doing it very much hmm (laughs) she's probably gonna kill me for uh putting that in but uh Oh well. We also played bingo that day. We've we've played bingo a handful of times uh over all over the course of all our cruises and I've I've never won anything. I actually have never won anything ever when it comes to um luck. I I have the worst luck. I, I it's it's really terrible. You don't want to uh do things with me that involve luck cuz I I never win anything. Uh, but the highlight of our day at sea though was probably the the presentation by the Alaskan naturalist. Presentation for us took place in the Walt Disney Theater, and it was awesome. If you take an Alaskan Disney cruise, do not miss these presentations. They're so informative, um, and they give you so much information about the wildlife, the landscape, the history of Alaska. The um, They're recorded, and they're replayed on the stateroom TVs, but they're so much better in person. So it's definitely worth highlighting on your daily navigator and making sure that you make time to attend it. It's just you don't want to miss it. They're they're really well done and really awesome. That evening was formal night, and my wife and I dressed up for the evening and had our pictures taken with Mickey and Minnie in their formal golden Mickey's attire. Uh, I think we did that before dinner. Um, it's actually the picture we took is one of our favorite character photos that we've ever taken. We we uh, uh, it's one that we I think we still have it somewhere displayed somewhere around our house. Uh, it might be on our mantle. I'm not exactly sure, but anyway, we had uh, we had dinner that evening in Animator's Palette, um, and our serving team on this cruise is probably the most memorable team that we've had. I don't I don't know why exactly, but I can clearly remember all their names and faces. We absolutely loved them. After dinner, we showed up early for the show to get a good seat. That's because it was the Golden Mickey's, and I love the Golden Mickey's, and I always have. Uh, I'll be sad to see it go if or when that day ever comes. I hope it doesn't come, but uh, I would imagine that it will one day. The next day turned out to be one of my favorite days from any cruise that I've been on. Um, By the time we woke up in the morning, we had already entered the Tracy Arm Fjord on our way to the Sawyer Glacier. The current Alaska itineraries, or I guess 
what were supposed to be the current Alaska itineraries, the ones that were scheduled for uh, for this summer, um, they weren't. They uh, this particular fjord, Tracy Arm, wasn't on the itinerary. They changed it to um, the Endicott Arm fjord, which uh, sails toward the Dawes Glacier. I mean, it's all very similar. The glaciers <laughs> pretty much all look the same. But um, anyway, the the scenery as the ship passed slowly through that fjord in the inside passage, uh, passage was just breathtaking. Everything was so calm and peaceful and, and the, the snow-capped mountains that tower over you on both sides. It's just the, the scenery is just breathtaking. The, the ship slows way down. Um, and the quietness is just so noticeable. It's it's not like any other cruise experience that you'll have. Uh, the ship, it, it's kind of funny. It sails through icebergs, and they're this neon blue color. And, I, you know, I guess there's some sort of, um, I forget, algae or something in the water that, not algae, I don't, fiber or something like that in the water that causes it to be that color. Um and, uh, you know, there's waterfalls that are trickling down the mountains all over the place. And pictures and words just don't do justice. It's it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> it was also probably the coldest day of our cruise, and we were absolutely freezing. We had even prepared for being freezing. You know, we, we, we brought lots of layers. We packed um, winter jackets and <laughs> I feel like we still didn't have enough layers. So if you're packing for Alaska cruise, you, you really want to be prepared for all sorts of weather. We ended up, uh, bundled in blankets that we took from off the beds in the stateroom as we watched from either my parents' veranda, uh, or up on deck, but we just had blankets with us everywhere we went. Um, and they also passed out hot chocolate for the people who were brave enough to stand outside in the wind and the rain. So, uh, I thought that was a nice touch. When we finally arrived at the glacier, it was a, a really cool moment. You have this massive cruise ship that's it's just floating in the water with dozens of, maybe hundreds of icebergs just all around you floating in the water with you. And then you have this massive glacier that is blocking the passageway. You know, it's it, it's like it's almost like it's a dead end. Um, and you could easily hear cracks forming in the glacier from the ship. It, it has this like echoing sound. Uh, which is pretty cool. And we, we were even lucky enough to see some calving, which is, you know, when big chunks of the glacier break off and fall into the water. Uh, it's a really cool sight. And from what I'm told, you, you have to be somewhat lucky to witness this. Um, so, uh, we, you know, I, I think I got a couple pictures of it. I don't think I got a video of it, but I'll have to go back and look. I don't, uh, I don't remember exactly how much time we spent at the glacier, but it was, it was definitely plenty of time to take lots of pictures and, um, and just enjoy the moment. Later that day, the, the crew, and this is something I'm pretty sure that they still do, the crew brought a, a huge chunk of an iceberg on board for the people to touch and look at, um, which I thought was pretty cool. It's it's so much bigger when it's sitting right in front of you as opposed to, you know, down in the water. Um, as we made our way back through the fjord, we attended the Who Wants to Be a Mouseketeer game. Uh, it was uh, a game show, and I, I was lucky enough to get picked uh, to be a contestant. So uh, I ended up answering all my questions correctly, and I received a medal, which I was very proud of. So proud that I have no idea where that medal is to this day. So <laughs> it, it, it didn't mean a whole lot to me. It's, uh, you know, more more about the memories. Dinner that night was in Parrot Key. 
um, which if you uh, are big Disney Cruise fans, you know that uh, it was the restaurant that was overtaken by what is now Tiana's Place. Um, so, you know, again, I haven't been to Tiana's Place yet, but from <laughs> from what I've heard and, and what I know about uh, Parrot Key, it's definitely a, a welcome change to the, the Disney Wonder main dining restaurant rotation. Uh, there was a comedian performing in the Walt Disney Theater that evening, and my wife and I typically typically don't go to the variety acts. I know we'll probably get uh, blasted for that, but um, we we like the Broadway style stage shows, and if you know if it's not those, we typically try to find other things to do. So we decided to skip the show that evening. The next morning, we woke up as we were pulling into Skagway, which is the northernmost port of call on this itinerary. We had scheduled the Yukon Suspension Bridge and White Pass Railway Port Adventure through Disney Cruise Line. This is something that is still offered by Disney Cruise Line. I just checked it um, on the website the other day. Um, and, you know, after we got off the ship on our way to the, the excursion, we, we stopped to take a few photos uh, with the Disney Wonder set against the the snow-covered mountain backdrop um it, it it's it's really a cool town it's nestled along the pacific ocean in between these towering mountain ranges on all sides uh it's it's really pretty cool it looks like it doesn't really belong there but uh uh, it's a really cool town. The White Pass Railway, which is a, a vintage rail car that takes you along the, the White Pass and, and Yukon route and climbs almost 3,000 feet uh, through the mountains, departed just steps from where the ship was docked. So, you know, it was really easy to get to. Uh, the tour is narrated along the way, and on, on parts of the ride, the train is literally traveling on the edge of cliffs. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty fun experience. And once you get up into the mountains, there are some pretty, pretty good photo opportunities looking back at the town. You can even, um, you know, if the weather's clear, you can see the, the ship from, you know, from this, this railway that's way up in the mountains. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And eventually the train passes from Alaska into the Yukon territory. Um, and then the train ride ends at this beautiful lake and in, in what <laughs> seemed like the middle of nowhere. I, it seems like you're just there and there's nothing else around you. Um, but the lake is beautiful. We took some pictures there, uh, before we got on a bus and headed off to our next stop, which was, um, the Yukon suspension bridge. If we were to take the white pass railway again, um, we probably would skip this part. The highlight of this part of the, the, the port adventure was crossing this long suspension bridge that was almost 60 feet above, you know, some whitewater rapids. But I don't know, the rest of the, the self-guided tour wasn't all that exciting. There were some display panels with information about the territory and the wildlife, but I, I remember it, I don't know, I remember it not being all that interesting to me. So, you know, I probably wouldn't recommend that part of it. The, the White Pass Railway, I would recommend. Um, and I believe there is a Port Adventure that just does that. I would probably skip this, uh, this add-on. Um, on the way back to the ship, we, uh, we, we got a great photo next to a Welcome to Alaska sign. I was pretty excited about that. I, I, uh, I like that picture. It's, it's cool to just, I don't know, have that as a keepsake. Um, it was kind of that proof that you've been to Alaska, uh, picture. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then once back in town, we got to walk around a little bit and visit some of the local shops. It's fun to walk around the, the Alaskan, um, um, it was fun. the, uh, the Alaskan fudge company probably ended up being our, our favorite stop. 
we overall, you know, we really enjoyed Skagway and, and would definitely look forward to, to visiting again and trying something else. There are a few port adventures that I've looked at. Um, so whenever we visit again, I think I'm a, I might have a hard time choosing what we do in Skagway. One of the things that I remember enjoying the most was just making time to to sit or stand somewhere while the ship was moving and just enjoy the landscapes. We spent I don't I don't even remember how much time hours over the course of this cruise either sitting on the veranda uh, or on deck four and and just you know just admiring the scenery. It's really hard to put into words just how unique and mesmerizing it could be. Um, and really that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most about going back, just being able to spend more time just sitting there and appreciating the beauty. When I look back now, even though, you know, we spent a lot of time doing this, I I still sort of feel like I kind of took it for granted. Um, you know, I didn't, at the time, I didn't really realize what I was looking at or, you know, just the, um, just the opportunity that I had to kind of take it all in. So, um, next time, you know, that definitely won't be the case. I'll, 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 def- I'll be, sh- I'll be sure to, uh, to take time and appreciate it. But anyway, that was just sort of a side note. Cause I, I wanted to get that in, but I, I didn't really know specifically where it fit. I mean, that's one of the, the highlights of the Alaskan cruises is just being able to, um, to, to enjoy the scenery. The next day we visited Juno, and this was the the day that uh, I was most excited for on our whole trip. That's because we had booked the dog sled adventure by helicopter. Um, when if it, when it was just my wife and I, and I guess to some extent even now that we have kids, we tried to pick port adventures that um, that gave us an authentic experience based on the regions that we were visiting, and we both felt like it didn't get much more authentic than dog sledding on a glacier in Alaska. So I, needless to say, I couldn't wait to have this Alaskan experience. Uh, there was a short bus ride over to the helipad. They gave us headsets and some other safety equipment, and then uh, and then we were off. This was uh, for both of us. This was the first time we had been in a helicopter, and probably would say we were both a little bit nervous. Um, but you know, once once you take off, the nerves went away, and you're really just struck by the amazing views, um, including views of the Disney Wonder that were docked at the port. We got a really great look at uh, at the Disney Wonder from up in the air. The helicopter ride was probably about. 15 minutes long and, and took us on a, a winding path through these towering mountain ranges and over these snow covered peaks. Um, the helicopter ride itself, uh, was an amazing experience, but you know, it didn't compare with what we were about to do. Eventually the helicopter reached the glacier and, uh, off in the distance, you could just barely make out these tiny little specks that end up being, um, the sled dog camp. And I just remember thinking, I can't believe we're about to land here. Uh, and I also can't believe that these dogs and their trainers are even here. It, it literally feels like, um, like total isolation. There's just snow and mountains everywhere. And after the, after the helicopters leave, there, there is no sign of civilization. It's a really pretty cool experience. So we first got a short tour of the camp, and we got to meet um, meet our, our our sled dog team. the uh, The dogs actually stay there during the summer in our our, our training. Um, they're actual real race dogs, and they they go up there and they they stay there for the summer and they train. And so eventually they got us hooked up to a sled and then they sent us off by ourselves, um, which I was surprised about. I didn't think that was, uh, that was going to happen, but, uh, there's no guide or instructor with you. There's, uh, just a path in the snow that was, I think it was about a mile long. 
um, and the dogs just take off running. Um, they they did show us how to stop the sled so that we could take turns being the musher. So one person would stand on the back of the sled, um, and then the other person would kind of ride in the seat, uh, you know, up in front. Um, but about halfway through, we got to switch, and, and this was this was one of the coolest experiences that we've ever had, and, and easily our favorite port adventure that we've ever done. It's um, it's extremely expensive now, um, but if your your cruise is a long way away, I think it's definitely something that would be worth saving toward. Um, you know, you wouldn't regret you wouldn't regret it. Eventually, the helicopter came back and brought us back into Juno, where we spent some time walking around the town. Um, my f- my first impression of Juno was just how small it was, which you know I'm not sure why, but being being a capital city, I for some reason just imagined it being a lot bigger, um, just because of the cities that I'm used to. Um, but Juno, yeah, is it's pretty small, um, but we really liked the the small town feel of it and just really enjoyed our time in Juneau. It's, um, also, it's also, uh, the place where I took one of my favorite pictures from the trip. Um, as we were walking back to the ship, uh, this bald eagle swooped down over the water and grabbed a huge fish and just flew off with it. And I was lucky enough. I had a zoom lens with me and I was like, I was able to get a great shot of the, uh, the eagle carrying the fish away. So, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. Our final day, uh, actually, I shouldn't say our final day, our, our final Alaskan day was uh, spent in Ketchikan. We didn't have any port adventures planned there, so we just walked, you know, we just wanted to walk around and enjoy the town. Um, by that time, I, I had pretty much become obsessed with eagle watching, so we, we walked away from the town a little ways and found a, a bald eagle perched on top of this light post, and <laughs> I was trying so hard to get it to fly away so I could get some pictures of it. And we waited there for so long trying to get him to move. Um, and he just wouldn't move. So we ended up leaving before he flew away. He was extremely stubborn, but uh, it was still fun to watch. We walked back into town and visited some shops and museums and walked along um, the historic Creek Street there, which is a pretty cool little, uh, I mean, it's called a street, but it's really like a boardwalk. Um, we enjoy going in the shops there. There's also a lumberjack show happening right near where the ship was docked. I think if we, I think if we visited Ketchikan again, we might try to do that. Um, and also given that it's the salmon capital of the world, it feels like a a huge missed opportunity that I didn't get to enjoy some, uh, some locally caught salmon. So that's another thing that I'll definitely make a better effort to do next time. Just enjoy the local food and drinks (laughs) back then we could barely afford to, uh, to be on the cruise, uh, let alone, you know, spend a bunch of money in the ports of call. So I, you know, we always took advantage of the free food on board and didn't get to really eat much in the ports. Um, but overall though, we really liked, liked Ketchikan and I, I definitely can't wait to, to visit there again. So our last port day was in Victoria, British Columbia. And again, we didn't have anything planned and it definitely felt like a required stop as opposed to a destination. Um, and of course we were required to stop in, in a Canadian port of call because of the U S Jones act that, you know, requires you to stop at a, a foreign port. Um, so we did end up getting off the ship in Victoria. And to be honest, I can't, I can't remember anything we did, uh, while we were ashore. I have a couple pictures that we took from around town, but I don't, I don't remember any of the details. 
Um, so it wasn't all that memorable. I have heard, though, that uh, you can do some amazing whale watching from Victoria. So if we were to ever visit again, I would probably look into that a little bit more. Um, But what I do remember from our our stop in Victoria is that it was our warmest day of the week, and I was determined to lay by the pool. So once we got back uh, on the ship, I I got in my bathing suit, found a, a, a lounge chair, uh, and you know, laid out for a little bit, and I even got in the pool for a little bit. So it just felt like the one thing that was missing to to make it a, a complete vacation. So uh, mission accomplished. We were uh, that night. We were treated with a beautiful sunset, um, and we we had our final dinner in Parrot Key. And uh, our servers that evening brought us a, an anniversary celebration cake and some happy anniversary pins. So really, it was a, a great way to to cap off. Um, what was an otherwise unforgettable trip. The next morning, we were off the ship early and uh, and had a late flight home out of Seattle. So we got to spend some time walking around the city and doing some um, some fun touristy things. Um, <laughs> we first sat in a nearby park where you could easily see the Disney Wonder. Uh, and we watched as it got restocked and new guests began to board the ship. It was actually really depressing to watch, <laughs> so we didn't stay all that long. Um, but after that, we went over to the Space Needle and went up inside. There's some great views from the city up there, obviously, but it also gave us a great view of the Disney Wonder. Um, and then later that afternoon, we made it over to, to made our way over to Safeco Field uh, and bought some cheap tickets to see a Seattle Mariners game and grabbed a bite to eat there, watched a couple innings, and uh, then headed off to the airport to fly home. So that's it. That uh, I hope you enjoyed my little retrospective trip recap. It was really fun to look back and go through all of my memories from the trip. Um, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I definitely can't wait to visit Alaska again with Disney Cruise Line. I think Disney Cruise Line is the perfect way to see Alaska. Um, they just do it really well. A lot of Alaska-themed um activities and you know the the food on on deck is is regional for the most part and it's just a a really great experience i I can't say enough about the alaskan disney cruises and i think the next time we go i I want my kids to be a little bit older so they can appreciate what we're doing and seeing i don't i don't know exactly what i think that ideal age might be but regardless of when we go back there's definitely some things on my bucket list that i want to do i want to I want to see some orca whales is my number one priority. That's something that's, you know, been on my uh, bucket list for a while. Uh, and I'd also love to see some grizzly bears. Uh, like I said before, I want to eat at the local restaurants. I want to go to a crab bake um, and then maybe even do some salmon fishing. So I got a long bucket list. It might take a, a couple more trips back to, back to Alaska to accomplish those, but uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, as I was looking through the Alaskan port adventures, there, there's just so many that I would be interested in. It'll be, uh, be hard to narrow those down, but, uh, regardless of what we do, I can safely say that, uh, it's probably best that we start saving for those expenses now, because who knows what the the costs are going to be next time we go. So that's it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. And thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question, leave a comment, drop a note, or share the podcast with your followers. 
I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.